Welcome to this verse-by-verse Bible teaching from Calvary Queen Creek in Arizona. We hope you're blessed by listening. Romans 10.17 says, Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. For more information, please visit calvaryqueencreek.org. Tonight, guys, I'm going to share with you out of the book of Santiago. In English, that's James, okay? When I first was the, became the, the pastor, uh, I was looking for the book of James. I thought it was Jaime, you know, and, and I see this Santiago. Wow. Praise the Lord. Santiago. Amen. Um, the title of tonight's message, guys, is Drawing Close to God. Drawing Close to God. Let's see if I can find that. Drawing Close to God, okay? And in the days we're living in, saints, it, it, now is not the time to be wandering around. Amen? Now is not the time. So, um, also, if you've, um, here's some few announcements. You know what, guys? Go on the, uh, go on the website because my, my eyeballs are not that young anymore. So, praise the Lord. Go to uh, calvaryqueencreek.org and, and you'll see all the information, all the uh, events coming up as well. Okay? Um, Praise the Lord. Okay. Now, when I came here, I was uh, at home doing my study, and, and I'm trying to go along with my slides. So uh, if I seem dazed or confused, just uh, that's me, okay? Just, that's just me. So, um, but before we get into our lesson, guys, you know what? I want to share something with you that... Um, I pray that, that you truly understand the days that we're living in. You know, I, I, I talk to many people during the week, and, 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 and to be quite honest with you, some of the saints that come to talk to me, uh, they're, they're so full of fear and anxiety. And, and you know, when I sit down with them and I go, are, are you in, the, in your word? Well, you know, I, I do it once in a while, okay, well... We're going to talk about that tonight, okay? Once in a while is not going to cut it, okay? Pastor Jim talked about this this past Sunday about if you're coming to church just from a Sunday morning, then then I can safely say you're you're spiritually starving yourself to death, okay? We need the Word of God every day, okay? And we need fellowship, uh, um, you know, with, with other saints all the time, amen? Amen. So, you know what? Allow me to share something about the book of... Uh, James, uh, if I may, um, this man, James, wrote with passion and the wisdom of God and with a no-nonsense attitude. I love his attitude. With James, you don't get any powder sugar. You don't get any watered-down messages. In fact, you get a very firm, stern, uh, at times hard uh, uh, message from him. Amen? Uh, James was the half-brother of Jesus who wrote to the Jewish believers of the tribe, tribes of Israel. And one of the fascinating things of, of the book of James is that he teaches us about the testing or the testings of our faith. In fact, there are about 13 tests that he mentions in this book. He begins, guys, he begins with, with James chapter 1, verse 2. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. You guys ever pray for patience? Don't do it. Don't do it. (laughs) Don't do it. You know, um, when I first read this letter or this book, I I read that and I'm like, count it all joy. 
You know, when men come to me and the men that I mentor, they come to me, hey, brother, I'm struggling right now. I'm going through some tragic, uh, some tough trials. Well, count it all joy. Do you think they want to hear that at that moment? No. You know, in fact, I thought James was deranged, man. I was like, this guy's loco. Count it all joy? Really? Wow. You know, but after I read this book, I was, I was enlightened, guys. I was challenged as well by, by what faith really means and how our faith should be something that people see by our actions and not just by our mere words. Amen? You know, so many times I hear people talk, they talk to good talk. But when a tri- trial or, or a, a problem comes into their life, all of a sudden the scriptures seem to, to, to escape them, you know? You know? So, you know, we are blessed, guys. We are blessed with the Word of God. You know, and I pray that we are both challenged and enlightened tonight. Challenged, challenged to examine what our faith looks like to a world that has lost hope. To a world that is saturated by fear, confusion, and chaos. You know, it's sad to say that I see some Christians falling into that trap as well. You know, saints, we are blessed. We have an eternal hope. We have Jesus Christ. Amen? And I pray that you're enlightened to understand the privilege that we have as believers and that we are blessed to have a faithful and true Father. Amen? Well, great. The, 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 oh, we also have the opportunity to reap a harvest, men and women, uh, uh, that God has prepared for quite some time. You know, our youngsters are out there. They're planting seeds, guys. I don't know if you've ever been out on the streets evangelizing, but let me tell you something. That takes a lot of nerve. That takes a lot of faith. That takes a lot of courage. You know, we pray for them because you know what? Let me tell you something about the youth. When they get on fire, the whole church gets on fire. You know, praise God. So I'm, I'm 18 years old myself. I'm just hurting with a 60-year-old body. That's all. <laughs> praise God. Well, let me start off with some questions, okay? Are you guys ready? Okay, are you ready to lead someone to the cross? Are you ready to give an answer for the hope that we have? Amen? Because let me tell you, after the smoke screen is gone, there's going to be a lot of people looking for Jesus Christ. And if we are not ready, we're going to miss it. If we're saturated in fear and and anxiety, we're going to miss the harvest. Man, I pray that we understand, understand that. Amen. My prayer, saints, is that we would open our hearts and minds to receive from God this day, this evening, what he desires for us to learn. Amen. So let's pray and we'll get into our study. Heavenly Father, Lord, once again, we praise you, my King. We thank you for your faithfulness. Father, you're faithful, even when we are not, especially when we are not. I pray for everyone here, Lord, and I pray for anyone that here does not have a relationship with you, that your spirit would tug on their hearts, would reveal to them, Lord, your great love. Father, would reveal to them that you are the only answer. We pray again for the children, the youth out there. Father, just thank you for what you're doing with our church here. We pray for the surrounding churches, Christian churches, that you would bless the leaderships there. Help us to stand firm in the word of God. We know what's coming, Lord. We know. But we're ready. 
We're ready because you, my King, you have us. Father, thank you. And I pray for the gift of teaching that the words that flow from my mouth come directly from your heart. (sighs) Thank you, Father, for this message. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, as I mentioned, guys, you know, I think I'm going to catch up on my slides here a little bit. Um, As I mentioned, the the title is Drawing Close to God. Uh, We could have picked so many titles from from any one of these chapters in in the book of uh, James, but I chose that one. And I also mentioned that we're going to be discussing two tests. Out of the 13, we're going to discuss two of the tests tonight. Okay, from verses... Okay, from verses 1 through 12, it's the test of worldly indulgence, okay? The test of worldly indulgence. Okay, from verses 13 to 17, we're going to talk about the test of dependence. The test of dependence, amen? Now, before we begin in the book of James, you know what? Allow me to paint a picture, if I may, for a clear image of what we will be discussing in the book of James, okay? With that, please come with me to the book of Romans, okay? Chapter 1, verses 18 through 32, please. Okay, and here Paul speaks of God's wrath on unrighteousness, okay? God's wrath on unrighteousness. And I know that many of us know these scriptures. We read these scriptures over and over. But I want to paint a picture for you as we get into the book of James, okay? So let's start at verse 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness, the men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness, because what may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are made, even his eternal power, I'm sorry, are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools, and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man, and birds, and four-footed animals, and creeping things. Therefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness, in the lust of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves, who exchanged the truth of God for the lie and worship and serve the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. For this reason, God gave them up to vile passions for even their women exchanged their natural youth for what is against nature. Likewise, also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust for one another. Men with men committing what is shameful and receiving in themselves the penalty of their error, which was due. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a debased mind to do those things which are not fitting." being filled with all unrighteousness, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evil-mindedness. They are whispers, backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, 
disobedient to parents, undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, unmerciful. What a list. Who, knowing the righteous judgment of God, that those who practice such things are deserving of death. Not only do they do the same, but also approve of those who practice them. Amen. Woo. I know we know these scriptures, men, women, but you know what? We see that in the world today. And you know what? Let me tell you, talking with the pastors the other day, 25 years ago, homosexuality was in the closet. Not anymore, man. You know who's in the closet now? Christians are. We need to take a stand. Well, I don't want to go to jail. Well, you need to take a stand. Amen, because it's coming. Amen. Well, saints, I know we've read these scriptures over and over. And these are a few, there's a few verses that I want to highlight and read them from the New Living Translation. Uh, and let's begin with verse 18, and we'll go briefly from there, okay? Okay, and it says in the New Living Translation, But God shows His anger from heaven against all sinful, wicked people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Yes, God knew, uh, yes they knew God, but wouldn't worship Him as God or even give Him thanks. And they began to think of foolish ideas of what God was like. As a result, their minds became dark and confused. So God abandoned them. That's a very tough word. God abandoned them to whatever shame, to do what shameful things their hearts desired. You know, it's... Whew, man, I, I've taught this lesson to the children, to the youth, children, to the youth and... and Man, I tell you what, this was several years ago, and now it's more prevalent than ever. They traded the truth about God for a lie, so they worshipped and served the things God created instead of the Creator Himself. That is why God abandoned them to their shameful desires. Since they thought it was foolish to acknowledge God, He abandoned them to the foolish thinking and let them do the things that should never be done. Their lives became full of every kind of wickedness, okay? They are backbiters. They invent, guys, they invent new ways of sinning. They know God's judges requires that who does these things deserve to die, yet they do them anyway. Worse yet, guys, they encourage others to do them as well. Wow. Wow. Well, praise the Lord. Now let's get into our main text. Okay, the test of worldly indulgence. James chapter 4, please. Chapter 4, verses 1 through 6. And here, keep in mind, saints, that James is speaking to believers. Jewish believers, but he's speaking to believers here, okay? In verse uh, chapter 4, verse 1, he says, Where do wars and fights come from among you? Do they not come from your desires for pleasure that war in your members? You lust and you do not have. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight and war. Yet you do not have because you do not ask. You ask and you do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it 
on your pleasures. Then verse 4, adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you think that the scripture says in vain, the spirit who dwells in us yearns jealously, but he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Amen. Amen. Now, it's interesting how James begins here. James addresses the true issue of the problems and the calamities of all of humanity. Saints, all the issues we are facing in this country and in this world can be attributed to one thing. Can you guess what that is? Okay, good, good. No, 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 it's not the Democrats. It's, it's okay, it's not, it's not the Republicans, okay? I'm just, don't give me hate mail, okay, please. Okay, no, 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 the one thing is the heart of a man. The heart of a man. With that, please turn with me to see what God identifies as the problem. Turn with me to Jeremiah. Okay, Jeremiah 17, 9 through 10. Okay, Jeremiah 17, 9 through 10. Okay, in verse 9 he says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. And I put up there, beyond all cure. Who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart. I test the mind. Even to give every man according to his ways. According to the fruit. Listen. According to the fruit of his doings. Amen. You know, in James 217 it says faith without works is muerte dead faith without fruit is dead our faith should be evident by our fruit okay by our fruit now saints i'm amazed how many believers are are caught off guard or surprised what's taking place in our world today i'm surprised We as believers should not be surprised. Because if you're in the word of God, you know what's going on. Okay? Yes, we're grieved, yes. But surprised, no. In fact, I'm excited. My my kids look at me like, you're excited? Oh yeah, I'm excited. Why? Because he's coming very soon. For 30 years I've been telling my kids, he's coming, he's coming, he's coming, he's coming. He's like, Dad, you said that last year. Dad, I sound like Chuck Smith. He's coming, he's coming. Saints, he's coming. Amen. Woo, be ready. Praise God. You know, I was joking around with Pastor Jim. With my luck, I'll go to get the knee replacement. I'll be on the table and all of a sudden the rapture takes place. I'm like, really? Praise the Lord. I'm gone. New body. Praise God. Guys, what we're witnessing today is what happens when a person or a nation no longer desires to get closer to God. This nation has turned its back to God. Now, what this nation needs, it's not a new president. Keep him in prayer. And we don't need the previous president. What this nation needs 
is Jesus Christ. You know, man, it's, it, we, we place too much stock on our government. And I pray you don't do that. As Pastor Jim says all the time, the Constitution should not be above the Word of God. Man, mm. Christ is the only answer to the wickedness of man's heart. He is the only answer and he is the only cure. Wow. Now allow me to add a personal note here, okay? Saints, I also believe what we are witnessing today is a satanic agenda that is out to destroy the world. Duh. All of you are like, yeah, I can see that. But keep this in mind. The enemy's prime target is the church. All what you see now, as Pastor Jim said, is conditioning. Conditioning. Oh yeah, conditioning. But you know what? The main target is us. Is us. But you know what, saints? We know how this madness ends. We know how the story ends, right? We win. We win. We win. The challenge is, what do we do during that time? Amen? Now, let's return back to the book of James. He says, where do wars come from? Where do wars and fights? From the desires for pleasure. I put here, from your desire to sin. He says, you lust, you murder, and you covet, and cannot obtain. So you fight and make war. He continues in in verse 4, adulterers and adulteresses. Do you not know that the friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Here, saints, please take notice. Because this is one of the several reasons why many of our prayers are not being answered. You ask and you do not receive, he says, because you ask amiss. That you may spend it on your pleasures. The word here amiss means to ask or asking inappropriately. Doubting. Non-believing. Or with wrong motives. This reminds me of what is written in chapter 1 of James when asking for more wisdom. He says, but let him ask in what? In faith. Okay? With no doubting, for he who doubts is like the wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all of his ways. Saints, double-minded means having one foot in the world and one foot in the church. Bringing me to questions about our prayers. Saints, are your prayers being answered? Are your prayers being answered? Or, Or do they seem to be bouncing off the ceiling? Are your prayers saturated in faith? When you come before the throne room of God, do you come with faith? Or do you come with a wish list of the desires of your flesh? Hmm. Or maybe, maybe just you become too chummy with the things of the world. Now, do you really expect God to bless that? 
Do you really expect him to answer those kind of prayers? I don't think so. Amen. What does James uh, refer to uh, those that are double-minded? Adulterers and adulteresses. Man, you know, saints, these are tough verses to take in. But they are needed and necessary to remind us of who we are and who we belong to. Amen? Who we belong to. Wow. I often talk to people that have strayed from God's path, like many of us have. Amen? If you have never strayed from God's path, I want to shake your hand. Because I know I have several times. And they even ask me, guys, in their misery, do you think it's possible God will forgive me? He will take me back. Absolutely. I tell them, absolutely. You know, and, and I take them to this verse here. 1 John 1.9. We call that the Christian bar of soap, right? If we confess our sins, He is faithful. And just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from some of our unrighteousness. Is that what he says? Then why do some of us act like that? Oh, I get, you know, I've sinned three years ago. I don't know if you can forgive me of that. Really? To cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Only God can do that. Only God can do that. So if you're here tonight and you're, or you're watching through social media, let me tell you guys that God loves you. He loves you. And if you're a believer that has wandered from his path, you're in the right place. God desires for you to come back to a relationship that he desires so you now can have that peace and security that you've been missing. Also, if you do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ, not been born again, God desires for you to receive him this evening and to become his child. So you too can enjoy the many blessings that he has for you. Amen. Please do not let this moment go by without reaching out to him. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now, let's continue with verse 7. Okay, verse 7, James chapter 4, verse 7. And, and here James talks about humility cures worldliness. Okay. He goes, therefore, submit to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Okay, let us pause here for just a moment, guys. Sometimes, guys, we, we read the word of God like we're driving, okay? Oh, did you, honey, did you see the stop sign? Uh, there's another one coming up. We blow right through them, right? I'll catch the next one. Sometimes we read the word of God like that. Oh, I got to get my paragraph in today. I got to get my chapter in today. And after you read the chapter, you're like, God's like, Tell me what you just read. Uh, hmm. We need to slow down. We need to allow the word of God to, to, for us to digest it. Okay? To digest it. Whew, man, I tell you. We need to allow it time to penetrate our hearts and examine, saints, if we are applying these principles in our life. Uh, allow me to present it this way. Okay? What does it mean to submit to God? Submit to God in what? Submit to God in some things? 
Submit to God in everything. Everything. Saints, can you truly say that you submit to God in all things? Oh God, you can have the entire house. But that closet over there, that's mine. Then you haven't submitted everything to Him. Well, Pastor, why is it important that we submit to God all things? I'm glad you asked the question. Because in the things that we do not submit to God, whatever it is, whatever it is, you name it. These are the things that Satan will use to bridge the gap between you and God. And one of those things I like to bring up, and I'm going to hurt some people. I'm going to step on some toes. Is this. This is no longer a phone anymore. Oh, sure, it makes phone calls, but it can do everything else. Everything else, evil included. Wow, man. People spend more time in this, on this, than they do in this. Well, well, Pat, I need my phone. I'm not saying you don't, but we need this more. I go to restaurants and, man, everybody in the, a three-year-old child has a phone. I'm like, they're sitting there together, you know, ordering the food, and all of a sudden they're all on their phone, not even talking to each other. Wow. Hey, I'm guilty of that too. Come on. I'm not casting the first stone here. Okay. And then we wonder, saints, why we're not growing in our relationship with God. I tell you what, next time you're on device, your device, you're, you guys know what the drill. I'm just checking the pictures here of my family. Two hours later, your, your fingers are getting to work out, man. It's like, you know, next time you start scrolling, try singing that song as Pastor Jim said this past, this past Sunday. I surrender all. I surrender all. All to you, my precious Savior, I surrender all. Next time you start strolling for hours, ask the Holy Spirit what he thinks about that. You know, it's interesting. The rest of that verse, it says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Now, question saying, how can we possibly resist the devil in the areas of our life that we have not totally submitted to God? How? How can I truly resist the devil if I have not submitted this to Jesus Christ? Keep our youth in prayer, man, because you know what? One button from this and you're where you know, don't want to be. I pray we understand this principle. I really do. I really do. You know, Pastor Jim, I, I, instead of saying, we should say, I surrender some, I surrender some. But I pray we surrender all. Amen? Let's continue, okay, with James chapter 4, verses 8 through 10. He says this, draw near to God and what? And He will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your heart, you double-minded. 
Lament and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. And he continued, do not speak evil of one another, brethren. He who speaks evil of a brother and judges his brother speaks evil of the law and judges the law. But if you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law, but a judge. There is one lawgiver who is able to save and to destroy. Who are you to judge another? Amen. Now, saints, a question I have, do you desire to get closer to God? How are you putting that into action? What are you doing to get closer to God? Many people say they want to get closer to God, but spend very little time in his word. Spend very little time in prayer. Allow me to share a quick story about a video game I bought several, several, several years ago. Okay, And I brought it home and this thing was amazing. Had a little joystick, hooked it up to the TV, and after after work of the other place I used to work, I come home and, and there I am, do, 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 yeah, thirty minutes. Wow, hey, I'm getting pretty good at that. Next day I come home, do, 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 an hour goes by. Next day, two hours go by. Saturday comes up. Man, I'm there for six hours, but I'm the champ. I'm the champ. A couple weeks went by with that. One day I was playing it. And I hear this whisper. I see how it is. Ah, you've made that your God now. The time that you used to spend with me, reading and praying. Now you spend time with your idol. I unplugged it from the wall, rolled it up, and threw it away. Now my kids, can you want to play a video game? Nope. Nope. Because I know where it can lead me. It'll lead me away from God. I was humbled. I was humbled. Like he says in verse 10, humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up. You know, saints, one of the characteristics that you will be blessed with as you spend more time with God is humility. The most humble man I know on this campus, Pastor Jim. The man is a, he's not human. I see him limping around. I'm like, yes, he's limping. Yes, he's human. But what radiates from him is humility. He is the last one to eat and the first one to serve. Amazing. Amazing. I can tell. When a saint comes to me, I can tell. They spend time with God. You know why what radiates from them? What radiates from them is humility and grace. Beautiful. Wow. Beautiful. Beautiful. And one of my favorite authors puts it this way. How can you spend time around a fountain of water and not get wet? How can you spend a good amount of time with God and not forever be changed? 
A young man asked me, hey, you know, I have questions for you about losing our salvation. We can't lose it. There's nothing we can do to earn it. What makes you think there's something to do we can lose it? Salvation is of God. Yes, it's our responsibility. Well, well, we can forfeit. How can you possibly forfeit being in love with God and say, you know what? I want none of you no more. How? Let me tell you, it's not you keeping in you in this relationship. It's His Holy Spirit. Because in us, in us, we would abandon God like that if it was not for the Holy Spirit. Right? Romans chapter 1. Now, in these verses in James, he also cautions us not to become self-righteous. Self-righteous people are judgmental people. You ever notice that? Somebody will read the word a little bit. They have this Superman cape now. I know the word of God. Very judgmental. They think it gives them the authority to cast judgment on others. Yes, it's vital to grow in our knowledge of God. Yes. Yet in our pursuit of knowledge, we should not sacrifice God's grace to others. At one time, I was self-righteous with my own children. You guys going to church? How come? You reading the word of God? How come? God said, hold up, hold up. Take a look in the mirror. Be careful. Yes, we should saturate ourselves in the word of God. But what should radiate from us is grace, love, and mercy for others. Remember what Paul said in in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, known as the love chapter? Without love, I am nada. I am nothing. Without God's love, I am nothing. Now, Now, allow me to make this perfectly clear. We as believers, yes, we are called to judge other believers. Okay, let me let me explain that. Yet this word judge means to hold each other accountable. We don't sit there with a gap. I judge you, Chuck. No. That's not what it means at all. What it means is, I'm going to come alongside of you, hold you accountable. These young men that I mentor, I tell them straight out. I'm going to hold you accountable. Do you understand that? Yes. Okay. Because if I see you wandering here and there, I'm going to check you on that. In love. In love. If you see one of your brothers and sisters doing something contrary to God's word, we should approach them with love and grace and lovingly speak to them of their error to hold each other accountable in love. Amen? In love. Well, praise God. We've got halfway, guys. Praise the Lord. That concludes the, the first test of this lesson, the test of worldly indulgence okay now praise the lord let's come to the second part the test of dependence james chapter 4 verses 13 through 17 now this portion of scripture james is not condemning wise business or personal planning here keep that in mind but rather emphasizing on planning that leaves out god okay 
I'm going to share a story here in a minute. Speaking to those that that end their lives making plans as if God did not exist. Amen. So James 4, 13, 17. Talking about not boasting about tomorrow. And James goes on and says, come on, come now, who, you who say today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a city, spend a year there, buy and sell, make a profit. Whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we shall live and do this or that. But now you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. Therefore, to him who knows to do what is good, to do good and does not do it, to him it is... Saints, we could stay on verse 17 the rest of the month or the rest of the year. I mean, wow. You know, this portion of the scripture reminds me of a parable that Jesus shared in the book of Luke. With that, please come with me to the book of Luke, chapter 12, verses 16 through 21, to see an example of this, okay? And here Jesus is speaking, and this is what he says in verse 16, he says, of Luke 12. And he told them this parable, the ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store my surplus grain. Did I go too far? My surplus grain. Where did I go? Oh, there it is. Okay. And I and I said, Plenty of grain. Okay, and I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take it easy. Take life easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool. This very night, your life will be demanded from you. Then you will get what you have. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it would be with whoever stores up things for themselves, but is not rich toward God. Amen? Not rich towards God. Saints, this is an area where I see many believers struggling. We make plans at times without consulting God or seeking His direction. This topic of dependence on God really has a personal significance in my life. Allow me to share one of those experiences, okay, on this topic. Well, several years ago, before I became a pastor, I worked for a construction company here in Chandler. But on the weekends, I did side jobs for a little extra cash. At the same time, my wife and I started attending this church and soon felt that old familiar tug from God. <laughs> God was calling me to a deeper relationship in this and with Him. After a few months, we began serving in the Sunday school and we began serving Wednesday night with the kids. Still doing that. I was still doing my side jobs on the weekends. Saints, I never consulted God in what I was planning from weekend to weekend. I was soon running myself ragged. Oh, sure. Oh, sure. I told God I trusted him and I was totally submitted to him. But soon my actions would reveal the truth. 
I found myself working more and more on the weekends, thinking that these few extra dollars were helping my family. But the more I seemed to work, the less money I was making. Saints, there were times after a job, after I paid all my workers, I would be left with 50 bucks. 50 bucks for a whole weekend's worth of work. In my pursuit of chasing the money, these things were taking me away from God and my family. I found myself missing more and more church, even on some Sundays. Then one day, driving home from a job exhausted and angry, and with my 50 bucks, I yelled out to God. In my anger, I said this, Lord, you promised me you would take care of me. You promised that you would provide for me and my family. Lord, you promised. Well, after several minutes there in my tears, I heard him say, my son, you promised me that you would trust me and totally submit to me. Not once did you include me in your plans. Not once did you seek my counsel. Oh, sure. Oh, sure. You told me that you trust me, but your actions told me something totally different. Then he brought to my remembrance the verse in James 1.8. A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. Saints, I stood there in silence. And from that moment on, I never took on a side job without seeking his counsel or consulting him of my plans. Saints, God's desire for us is to be totally committed to him, to trust him. Not only in words, but in our actions. Now, please come with me. James, uh, you know, uh, chapter 1. Verses 16 and 17. And I'm going to read it from the New Living Translation. He shared this to me. He says, do not be misled. So don't be misled, my dear brothers and sisters. Whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from God our Father, who created all the lights in the heavens. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. He chose to give birth to us by giving us his true word, Guys, and I love this next one. And we, out of all creation, out of all creation, became his prized possession. What drives me, what keeps me going, is not my love for God. Because my love for God is conditional. What keeps me going is his love for me. Because I know, I know I'm not always faithful to God. But God is always faithful to me. Now, what happened uh, after the wake-up call? Did my life change after that? Well, sometimes and several years later, I was ordained as a pastor. And I was asked by Pastor Jim to come here to work full-time as a pastor. Are you kidding me? It's funny, several weeks ago, a friend called me out of the blue. I hadn't seen him in 30 years. And in our conversation, I go, hey, what you been up to? 
oh, I'm working here and there and doing this and that. I said, okay. And we, we came from the same church 30 years ago. Then he said, what are you doing? What you been up to? I'm a pastor at Calvary Chapel. Hello? The phone went silent. Hello? Brother, you still there? You're a what? <laughs> You're a what? You're, I'm a pastor. You're a pastor? He goes, wow, I would have never imagined that, brother. Me neither, brother. God really got a hold of you, didn't he? I said, yes, he did. You know, and one of my sons, Alex, several years ago before I became a pastor, doing the things and being faithful and obedient, he goes, you know what, Dad? I think you're going to be a pastor someday soon. And right off the bat, guys, I said, no, 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 no. And then I, I said, you know what, son? Whatever God has for me, I'm good with it. Spanish ministry, Pastor Jim? I don't speak Spanish. But I'll do it. I'll do it. You know, saints, his promises are there waiting for us to step into them. To walk by faith and in total submission to him. Yes, it's necessary and it's good to make plans. But make sure that your plans include God. Make sure you seek his counsel to see if that's what he wants you to do. I get many brothers, bro, you know, I kind of jumped in there. I said, yeah, sometimes we're led by emotions, huh, brother? Yeah, I didn't see God's counsel. I said, you paying for it now? He goes, yep. Always pray. Seek God's counsel. See if he'll let you know. No, 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 not yet. Don't do it. No. Saints, do you find yourself depending more on yourself rather than on God? You know, Joe D's favorite verses here, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. It says, trust in the Lord with some of your heart. Does it say that? With all of your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. In some of your ways, acknowledge God, right? In all of your ways, acknowledge Him. And who shall direct your paths? He shall direct your path. He'll let you know, no, no, no. That's not the path I want for you. Amen? Amen. You know, saints, we started this lesson with a glimpse of the nature of man from the book of Romans. The danger of depending solely on yourself. It will lead you to your own destruction. God will allow you to pursue the desires of your flesh as he did in the book of Romans. But as we read in the book of Romans, man's sinful nature is never satisfied. Man is now inventing new ways of sinning. Wow. My prayers we conclude, and the worship team comes up at this time, is that you would examine your hearts and allow God's Holy Spirit to reveal to you anything and everything that has become a barrier between you and God to surrender those things to him today and to totally commit to him with all of your heart. The problem with this world is not that God has left it. Oh no. Oh no, God is present now more than ever. 
God has not left it. His remnant is still here. He ain't leaving the world without us. (laughs) But how many of you still sense his presence? How many of you still see him working? How many of you see him saving people? In the midst of this pandemic, God is moving. And if you miss it, if you're asleep, if you're distracted, you're going to miss the opportunity that God blesses with. To what? To lead someone else to Jesus Christ. Amen. Saints, nothing will change for the better. Some people are still under the illusion. Oh, it's going to get better. Oh, I got my, my Biden check. I'm getting better. Sorry. Nothing will change for the better. Nothing. Until man surrenders completely to God. Amen. Pray for this world. Pray for this nation, the United States, because there is nothing united, united about us anymore. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this moment, this time. We thank you, Father, for your Holy Spirit. Oh, without you, my King, we would be lost. This life would be in vain. I pray, Father, we would digest your word, that we would truly apply it in our lives, that we would look for opportunities to minister to others. Father, that we, Father, would be faithful when you return. We do pray for this nation, for the world. We pray, Father, for opportunities to, to pray with others, to minister to others, for your spirit to save them, my King. Thank you for everyone here tonight. And Father, continue, Lord, to to lead us, to guide us, to direct us by your word and by your spirit. Lord, we don't have the words to tell you how much we love you. Those words don't exist. We love you, my King. And Father, help us, Lord. Help us as the body of Christ to stand firm in your word and never to compromise. Help us to reach this younger generation, Father. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Thank you all for coming out. Uh, What an honor it was. Praise the Lord. Please, if you need prayer, please come up front. We'll be glad to pray with you. And uh, you know what? Uh, For all of you, have a blessed, blessed week. Amen? Amen. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this teaching from God's Word. If you have any questions would like to request prayer, or want more information about our church and how you can experience the love and hope of Jesus Christ in your life, please visit calvaryqueencreek.org.